So welcome, Abram. You are, uh, are you up in Bellingham? I'm in Bellingham, Washington. Yeah. That's a pretty darn good place to live. It could be a lot worse. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's one of many good spots in the world, but yeah, well, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. I feel really fortunate. Did you spend some time living in Utah? Um, a little bit of college days down around Provo, and then my dad grew up in Bountiful, so oh. like we we come through, we come through Salt Lake. Seems like every, I mean, we kind of had this, my uncle does a big Thanksgiving there in Salt Lake, and we try and make it out every other year, but that's till I got thrown off. Yeah, you know, but, but so, my grandma still lives in Bountiful, and I've got a bunch of aunts and uncles and cousins. So, so you grew up running around in the Wasatch? Well, no, I grew up in mostly Northern California, um, okay. but like I've done not not like a ton in the Wasatch, but you know, yeah. I've done some climbing, a little cottonwood, and you know, ran up Olympus a couple times, and you know, yeah. done some. I've, I've played, you know. Not here, like a ton. I haven't like spent a lot of time there, though. Hey, opening opening question because we have a lot to uh, uh, to talk about uh, today. What makes trail running? You're obviously very passionate about trail running, and uh, you founded a a, a a company that that allows others to experience moving through the mountains via trail running. Yeah. What makes trail running special and unique in your mind, as far as a way to experience the mountains? Yeah. Um, I think it's just one of the most kind of free form ways to play in the mountains. You know, you, you, you're, you're less inhibited. So, I mean, gear kind of like I, my, my background is in climbing and backpacking and those things and, and skiing. And I still do those things as well, but I mean, running is just so free form, right? So you're not, um, I don't know, you're just kind of really limited by your own fitness and your own creativity, right? So, I mean, you have to make decisions differently, right? In terms of what kind of risk and exposure you're willing to kind of take on. But as you kind of calculate what's possible, you know, there's sort of the whole technical end of the spectrum that, okay, well, that that's kind of off the, off the table because I'm not carrying rope and rack. Um, but I've got this fitness base, you know? And so, yeah, there's these trails and these access points, but like, where can that take me if I can load up you know, a day's worth of gear or, you know, a fast pack's worth of gear, you know, which you can keep to, you know, five, 10 pounds, you know, easy. And all of a sudden, like, you know, the mount, your, your fitness really kind of dictates and your creativity really dictates what's possible. So I love that, that piece of, of trail running and how it sort of changes your relationship to the map and kind of the trails and what, what's possible in a day, you know, or in a couple of days. So. Yeah. What's your favorite topography as far as I, when I, when I interpret what you said and I'm a maps guy, like I just love studying topography and looking at nooks yeah. and crannies and going, Holy smokes. I'll, look at that. I want to go there, you know? And so when I hear what you say, I kind of naturally am thinking some off trail, travel as well um what's your favorite, <laughs> what's your which, what's your favorite environment to be running in is if we were talking about you know subalpine alpine or desert uh you know type of type of dialogue oh man favorite is such a hard word you know to kind of like zero it <laughs> in but you know i mean i, I feel really fortunate because i've got the north cascades in my backyard yeah you know and so there's so much high route potential, um, you know, above tree line, you know, you carry an ice axe and crampons and like, wow, you know, there's just a lot of potential, you know, so that's, that's kind of my, 
in terms of like, if I were like unleashed and said, oh, I had nothing else going on and I've got all this time and flexibility in my world, then like it would be, yeah, I mean, it'd be kind of connecting dots on high routes in the North Cascades. Like that would be kind of like what I would love to be doing. So. North Cascades are pretty, pretty hard to beat. I mean, <laughs> let, let's be honest. Um, that's awesome, man. And I, I, it does, the other word that comes to mind, and this is a word that's often overused, but we have to use it because it's what we're talking about. And that is adventure. And, uh-huh. and I, so without, I, I haven't done really a proper introduction of um, uh, how you spend your days and, and what you, what you uh, provide to people, but that is uh, adventure. I mean, you 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 you're you you you're, you're uh, have this company called Aspire, and it's um, we'll kind of talk about what you provide to folks and what you do. But I mean, what does adventure mean and the ethos of adventure as it relates to what you've created? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a tough one. I mean, I think I think adventure is kind of more on a continuum, right? I mean, I think that uh, I mean, I can have an adventure every morning out of my local trails and be like, oh, where does this little rabbit sort of thing go and get lost you know in my backyard up on Galbraith you know in the Chuckanuts like oh I just had an adventure you know or yeah. you know and I am you know and then the people have adventures you know trekking across Antarctica you know unsupported right and like oh okay well that's that's an adventure you know and then you look at sort of our historical iconog icons and you know in all the different disciplines who were you know pioneering and adventuring with so many less resources so much less equipment you know without maps and like well damn that's adventure you know what i'm doing doesn't even come light a candle next to that kind of a you know an ethos so i think it's i think it is a i think it is a continuum um you know but i think for me the adventure you know i think what i do personally it really is kind of about exploration you know i mean you know people clearly have tracked over, you know, all over the globe at this point, but I haven't, you know, I haven't been in all those places. So, so for me, it's an adventure going in new places. Um, yeah. So, so there's a, a, a newness to it. It sounds like for sure. Yeah. For me, that's important, you know, so having some uncertainty, you know, I think there's some questions of like, well, you know, you never, you can never totally predict what's going to happen when you get out in the woods. So, yeah. you know, you know, we'd like to think everything goes smoothly, but, you know, I think being, I think, I think their adventure inherently implies some sort of like risk and some sort of uncertainty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Know, now, now, now put on your business owner hat, uh, because you, you are responsible for people in the mountains. Uh, tell, tell people a little bit about the origins of Aspire and, uh, what it is, what, how did it come to be? What was the motivation there? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of segues out of what we've already been talking about. My first, my first run, you know, real run that was kind of like, like, oh, I'm going to go for, you know, train for and do a mountain run was a 34 mile kind of lollipop in the North Cascades on um, Copper Ridge. And one of my climbing partners was like, hey, let's go run this. And I was like, sure, you know, why not? Okay, let's do it. Yeah. And, um, you know, so that, I don't know, that was maybe like 10 years ago. And that just sort of like opened up, you know, prior to that time, like I think I mentioned, I've been doing a fair amount of climbing was kind of my primary thing, but like that, that requires partners and schedules to align and conditions to be perfect. And, you know, or at least, you know, you know, preferably not, you know, getting poured on, um, you know, but running sort of was like, oh, well, I can kind of explore all the trails and I don't need to be on, on anyone else's schedule. I can just, it's so light and accessible and it's like, 
all of a sudden it was just like, oh, I'm going to go explore here. I'm going to go check out this trail. And, you know, and after we, you know, we, we kind of did our big, you know, we did our big route in the mountains and, you know, it was like, it kicked my butt, you know, <laughs> like I was super worked. And, uh, and that was part of the appeal. was like, oh, that was way harder than I thought it was going to be, you know? <laughs> and, um, but that just kind of like changed the map for me. That was the first time I was like, oh, okay, well, if I can do that, well, what else is possible? Yeah. And, um, and that sort of snowballed into a sort of like, oh, well, you know, here's this connection point. Here's this connection point. It's like, well, and then, and then pretty quickly it was like, things are like complicated, right? Well, we need to have a shuttle driver here, or we've got to switch keys and, well, we better have some food at the end because, you know, we're going to be starving. And, and all of a sudden I was like, where, why aren't, why is, why, you know, why can't I, you know, I want this. And I know there's other people out there running races. So like, yeah. clearly the terrain we're getting into is like next level. Yeah. So why aren't there, you know, essentially guides and outfitters for running? Yeah. You know, we, we have it in all the other disciplines, right. You know, climbing skiing rafting you know like there's this kind of support you know to help people yeah and i think um i just didn't i just saw like there's a space here as trail running is growing as as this mode of travel is increasingly popular there's clearly a need for some logistical support to kind of make this happen easily like let's let's fill that niche let's be that thing so. yeah you know what's beautiful about what you just said that you just tapped into is is topography and racing is is limited you know um uh a friend of mine james varner and rain shadow running he likes yeah. to put on races in places that are difficult to put on races but even then as a race director where they're doing hearts pass to rainy pass or whatever it is the type of stuff that you're talking about is in a completely different realm because, yeah. because it's it's uh um it's not a race. It's, it's experiential. There's, there's, it, uh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, there's still certainly logistics, which, um, I think, I think then it hinges back to what we talked about a minute ago, which is how much ground you can cover and input differently. Fitness is kind of the only barrier to experience, which is kind of interesting to think about. Uh, yeah. Well, I think there's a couple of things there. I mean, you know, the, the differentiation thing is, is um, you know, ultimately it's a wilderness boundary, right? You know, it's a line that was politically defined, you know, but parks and wilderness areas have been set apart for their pristine nature and quality. And there's just certain, you know, management principles that govern what can and cannot happen in that zone. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so I mean, that's sort of kind of a, I mean, that's the, not that there's not beautiful terrain outside of wilderness areas. That's where a lot of James's races are and a lot of other really spectacular races across the country, you know, sort of yeah. like, you know, they just kind of circumvent that wilderness boundary, you know, but by adopting the, you know, the guiding outfitting framework, you know, and reducing our group size and then adapting our model to say, okay, well, we're moving in, we're crossing that boundary. We're going into that zone, but we're going to modify you know, our model, you know, specifically to the needs of runners, you know, and, and operate with a baseline assumption around like a greater, you know, a solid fitness base yeah. and, um, and cater to that community specifically. Yeah. And I, and I, I think I'm, I think myself and, and everyone, we're probably done talking about uh, the pandemic and COVID and the restrictions that it's put on our lives. Um, 
but it does dovetail. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, because I think it's very timely of a lot of races that I plan to do are, I, I do mainly multi-sport stuff, but um, mm-hmm. they were canceled. And so we start to look for these other objectives and all of a sudden you're like, holy smokes, there is so much potential that I haven't even thought about because I've been so focused on a finisher medal or a t-shirt. So I, I, I just, I think the reason that we're talking is because I think you're forward thinking even before, even before uh, a pandemic or not, I think yeah. there is a huge amount and like half my stable of athletes that I guide, they're, they're all like, well, they just did a season where they just came up with these ridiculous routes and yeah. they were yeah. all guided by curiosity Uh, a little bit of fear and a little bit of like, do I have what it takes? And that is the newness and uncertainty that I think you logistically have created a platform for. And I just think that's beautiful. I think, you know, because it's, (laughs) it's, it's, I mean, it, it it does a couple, it does a couple of things. For one, the trail running community has, is a huge part of my life and has always like bolstered and, and been support for me, but I only interact with them at racing. Um, And so, so, racing has always been where I, I'm a lone wolf, right? Like I spend a lot of hours by myself in the mountains, getting to work and Uh, meditating and doing my thing. And the only time that I interact with other people is when I'm at a race. It's only like when I'm just done racing and what you've created is this platform for that same interaction multiple days in a row, which for one, that is worth, I think, talking about a little bit. And, And you use the word, rendezvous and you can you can help help people understand kind of what it is that you guys do as far as uh you know you, you, like we we met on the on the wonderland trail uh uh and that was like a stage thing but tell us what is a what are these rendezvous that you're putting? well let me let me go into like before we go there specifically about the model i think i think there's some something worth kind of mining a little bit deeper on that kind of that connection and community right because i think um I don't know. I, I think at a fundamental baseline level, if I were to boil down Aspire down to like really what, what we're trying to, to like the mission yeah. is really about building connection and that's between the people and people and the places, right? There's something really unique that happens when you break yourself down physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, whatever level you're kind of coming and approaching that, you know, adventure, that, that place with. So there's, there's deep connections that happen, you know, man, woman, you know, individual human to the landscape as you move through it, right? It's just your, your sense of like scale and, you know, I'm inferior, but yet I'm accomplishing something big. Like there's some really great dynamics that happen in situations um, that I think you come with these great connections to these different landscapes. And then the flip side of that is also like you, the people you share these experience with, you know, my my climbing partners, my running partners, my skiing partners, you know, are like, apart from my like wife and kids, you know, those are the people that I've shared the most deep, deep heartfelt sort of like moments, you know, that I, I'm deeply connected to. And so, you know, you take that community, you, you kind of put 12 people together, you know, you put 30 people together on one of our trips and you give that some time and some incubation, you know, where people are suffering together, you know, they're experiencing that landscape together. They've been drawn by a common purpose. And like, all of a sudden, like, like you're, you've, you've just deeply connected with, you know, people from across the country who were all like moss to the flame around that same kind of, they're all seeking that same 
sort of raw encounter and sharing it together is it's beautiful i mean it's like the friendships and conversations on the trail are, are just super real and you know those are your those are your trail friends right that you kind of have forever so yeah yeah it's in those cross-eyed moments i mean when we rolled into mystic lake uh we had our like you know space blanket bivy sacks and you guys were all set up and <laughs> we were like first day on the wonderland and I, I don't think we really knew what we were doing and and you guys were so dialed in and had such good trail <laughs> karma i mean it was like the energy <laughs> you guys were putting out Oh man, it was like, uh, you know, I, I just got a small glimpse of it. And, uh, uh, that really is a, that really is a, such a simple, but, 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 uh, 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 powerful notion that the people plus the places and the connection in those cross-eyed moments when you're tired at the end of the day and you're yeah. there for a similar purpose. I mean, everything else melts away, all the layers of everything else yeah. that have come in with, uh, they really truly do kind of melt away. So that, that creates the context for uh, just having a good time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so amazing. Like, you know, you're talking about like that. I know, I know right where you're talking about. And I remember that night and, you know, and it's so often like, you know, that's day one of the wonderland people have put in, you know, 34 miles, 10,000 feet of climbing, you know, they've been out there for eight, nine, 12, 14 hours, you know, depending. Um, and uh and then they come into that zone and they're, they're, they're wiped, you know, most people are just like, I don't know, I don't have any idea how I'm going to get up and do that again tomorrow. Like, yeah. there's just no way because they're so worked. Um, but then you step into that tent, right? And you're like, oh, there's a heater here. And like, oh man, this food is really good. And like, damn, I'm drinking a beer. And like, My I got this tomorrow. And everyone else is so stoked. Like everyone is worked, but they're all like so supportive and just jazzed on oh what man they did. it turned like, it I, I mean and yeah. you, you were my best friend because my wife had done there's like a climb midway on that day and it's a it's a big day like you said she, yeah. um, and she like started the tempo of the really the one of the longer more sustained climbs and i don't think she really wrapped her head around like how it finishes with a climb or whatever but we hit like an ultimate low point and it's uh -huh. dark and we're wet and we're rolling in and then you like, I think some, a hand reached out of the tent and had like a, a bowl of cookies or something. And it just like, it changed everything. Yeah. <laughs> it went from, it went from on the verge of meltdown to uh, complete euphoria. And like, we, you know, <laughs> just, you know, had, had, had stepped into heaven. It's true. You guys had heaters. I mean, I, I, uh, yeah. And it's, and it's, and I think the cool thing is, is, uh, you know, we're talking about simple logistics on the one hand, but I think on a very fundamental level, we're talking about a connection to, that place and that yeah. you know you will never forget she, her or i will never forget that place in that way as a result yeah. of something that that you know, space you created right so i think yeah. that's that's really beautiful um I and mean, that's 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 what it is i mean that's that's yeah. the goal right that's ultimately what we're what we want you know what what we're striving for you kind of kind of tying back in that adventure is like it's to be broken down and built back up you know yeah and uh and you know learn something about yourself and the world and the process yeah well and so what i mean i think uh where we talked about the origin of of creating that space right it has to be it has to be built with intention which which i mm -hmm. think you've done um what makes it unique as far as kind of how it plays out in in uh uh i mean you you, you and i just I, I think of my guiding brain and i think i i i've had clients who like they come on a cycling trip and they are in no, they have no business being on that trip. <laughs> like they have no fitness, you know, they, they haven't really done the work. And so I, I, I have to kind of um, 
and I just think it's interesting. How do you make it all inclusive and yet uh, manage it on the fly when when you're you're you know there's were really remote sections on the Wonderland, for example. Yeah. Where um you know you really have to have it together. I mean, it's not yeah. it's not all buttercups and roses if things hit the fan. So <laughs> like no no no. There's definitely some unpredictability for sure. Yeah, I mean there is there is definitely that's kind of on the you know the logistics risk management side of things. Like there's definitely a framework we have. You know, we, we, you know, we do vet people, you know, we, you know, it's, it's kind of, there's this balance, right? And, um, you know, fundamentally, let me, let me start here. So our model, the way it works out on the trail, right, we'll, we'll kind of, I think we can use kind of that day one of the Wonderland as a reference point and then and recognize that applies to, you know, multiple days of, of any location we're operating off of. Yeah. Um, you know, so we operate, we call it our safety sandwich in the sense that we know people are going to spread out. There's going to be a huge variability in the skill level that people have both in their fitness and their backcountry travel. And so recognizing that going in, recognizing we're not going to keep people together, you know, we plan with that orientation. So we always have a sweet person out on the trail that's going to be with or behind the, the last runner or runners. Um, you know, the night before we've gone over in detail, like, hey, here, here is the route, you know, people can, before the trip, they can preload the GPX files onto their phones. And, you know, we have resources for Gaia and navigation that, that everyone gets sent in advance. There's pre-trip surveys that we send out that really we, people outline their comfortability, you know, that in terms of their backcountry travel and navigation experience level, their training and preparation. So we've, we've got a, a pretty good profile of, of who it is that's in the group. And then, you know, and then that night before we do, we do a deep dive on like, Hey, here's the essential gear you need to have. And I mean, I, I tell people straight up, like on all of our trips, like, look, you should basically plan for spending a night out, you know, no one wants to, but if you've got a bivy sack, you know, appropriate insulative layer and hat and a pair of gloves, you know, you know, if the overnight lows are going to be 60, all right. I mean, you've had an uncomfortable night, you know, that's kind of it, you know, it's like, okay, you didn't make it. Well, you bivy, <laughs> wake up and finish in the morning. Like, so that, like that takes an edge off, you know, right there. Yeah. Um, just kind of going into it, like be prepared to spend a night out. We've only ever had to have that happen once, but like knowing that is a, I think a safety release valve, you know, but then, you know, kind of going further to that risk management, like we, you know, after we start, you know, that 12 people and they're making their way from Longmire to Mowich and they're getting through that 34 mile day, you know, we've, we we're schlepping a ton of gear and food and everything to that finish. You know, we're going to drive a hundred plus miles, you know, for people running 30, um, <laughs> set up a base camp. And then another one of our staff people runs that route in reverse. So they're essentially a mobile aid station. You know, they've got extra calories. They've got a satellite texting device. They've got a DeLorme, you know, an inReach. And, um, and they check in with all 10 people, you know, that, and like, hey, how are you doing? You know, you've got this much to finish. You know, do you have all your calories? Um, and they're all, it's a huge psychological boost to kind of hit, we call that person our super. We've got the sweeper behind and the super coming from the front. And, uh, and so that person plays a safety role, a motivating role, um, you know, and they, they catch up with the sweep, you know, and we've, 
we have policies for lost runners and all those things. And, and, uh, you know, generally, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of the safety sandwich model. So, yeah. Yeah. I dig it. I dig it. And I, and I love the, the safety valve release of letting people know, uh, transparently, uh, what potentially you're getting into. I think that, that for anybody with a pulse that should excite them and scare them a little bit, which adds to the experience, right? Like you come into that experience, like, okay, this is, this is serious. I need to be on my game, which again, um, when I think about racing context versus what we're talking about, um, that, that affords a completely different level of self-reliance, which I think, you know, uh, uh, is harder, (laughs) but you come out of it and you have those cross-eyed moments and, and connection with places and people, as we described, um, without that level of commitment, it would be hard to create, I think. Yeah. That's, yeah, they're definitely committing routes for sure. You know, and, um, you know, from another thing from just the risk management side of two things, the other, the other layer that we've got is we do have, we call our, oh shit pack, which, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, it's a bivy set, you know, it's a, it's a mega light 10, it's a sleeping bag, it's a jet boil, you know, if someone's out there with like, you know, they're not finishing, temperatures are dropping, you know, it's going to be more than a miserable night out, you know, then, then we, you know, we run that in, you know, it's like, okay, like, you know, that some, one of my staff is going to hike, you know, 10, 12, 15 miles to, bivy with that person with the stove and food and then they're gonna you know they're gonna hobble their way out you know the next day so So there's we've got there's some layers of safety net you know yeah yeah. and there's a there's a a, a skills component to this too that uh you know i always think like we're you know i I feel like mountain pursuits are very much uh experience based and, and and it's i mean not necessarily somebody with a lot of experience is well trained and smart they may just have a lot of experience but it's yeah. that i i see you guys also filling in my opinion a gap for adventure running when it comes to skills right because the the lighter yeah. you go and the faster you're going the risk margin does in my mind go up and if you're totally. going if you're going to really aesthetic places and you want to do a committing ridge with not a lot of water and and there's some exposure or what have you um you know you you should be able to triage that situation. And I don't see a lot of specific training out there that really prepares people for that. And you're, you're sure as shit not going to get it reading a blog, you know, like you, you have to like go out and be in that environment. And like, if it was an Abbey course, you gotta, you gotta whip out that probe and start figuring out how to find somebody. So um, help me better understand what the skill stuff is all about. What, what's the, what's the vision or goal of that stuff? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of a natural segue, you know? um, Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, at the end of the day, like we want, people, you know, I mean, there's a progression, right? There's, you know, there's a progression we all go through in terms of our comfort and familiarity with traveling in the mountains. And so you're right. A lot of runners come from a road racing, then they, you know, maybe they ran college and then they ran marathons and they got into ultras and like they, maybe they didn't have that backcountry wilderness climbing background. And so they've, they're incredible athletes, but like, you know, mountain terrain is new to them or unfamiliar to them or, um, you know, we all, we all come to that space differently. We all have our own path. Um, but I think there is a, is, is a need 
you know, for runners, you know, endurance athletes who are traveling in wilderness spaces to kind of learn some of these relatively fundamental skills, but then applied to our unique modes of travel. And so, so our skills courses, you know, the ones we are currently offering is one is a wilderness first aid class in collaboration with backcountry medical guides where people walk out of that with a wilderness first aid certification, which can be your baseline patient care triage and assessment. Um, but these guys have done a really great job, you know, developing a curriculum specifically for ultra runners and runners. And so when you sign up and participate in that particular course, that skills course, you're there with, you know, other runners that sport specific medicine, you know, so the scenarios the, that we're going to run, you know, they are going to be based on, on what you would experience in the mountains kind of with your traditional running kit versus a, a climbing kit or a skiing kit or a, you know, backpacking kit. And, you know, that it's just, different stuff. It's a different nature. It's a different injury. So, so they're great. They're great. We're working with them on that. Um, we've got, I mean, the, we've got some permit applications in to do some more fast packing style specific things that we would really be dialing in on, on how to prepare for self-supported multi-day travel that would include navigation and route finding and trip planning. That would be kind of a trip we've got in the works and then you know really then another skills course specific to the north cascades but you know you could apply in other zones is like glacier travel you know and snow travel you know it's like okay you know we see these photos of people like climbing rainier and micro spikes you know it's like is that is that how you do it you know safely it's like i don't know then you know there's people in full-on mountaineering boots is that how you do it so like where's that gear to risk to fitness ratio when you start really looking at snow travel um you know like okay like you should you know you basically what it comes down to is like some fundamental self-arrest skills you know working in in a rope team you know moving on a rope line in terms of glaciers but then also just a lot of like how do you really make decisions about your equipment when you start getting into snow and you're trying to evaluating that light and fast ethic so anyways that's our skills, that. snow skills stuff we're moving into. I dig that. And the stage uh, on the fly, the locations uh, currently that you guys are doing uh, multi-day running uh, point to point of circumnavies, uh, what's on the docket looking down the line for 2021 locations? Uh, for, for locations? So, yeah. yeah, so for our stage trips, we've got Lost Coast Trail in Northern California, 60 miles point to point along the coastline there. We've got a four days, 100 miles in Yosemite, our Yosemite backcountry. That thing is, that's, it's full on, man. It's so good. <laughs> it's like high Sierra granite. You know, you're not dealing with any of the circus that's down in the valley. You're just yeah. way up in the Alpine. And it's, you know, you get some big, deep valley views, but it's, it's, a, it's a great way to get to Yosemite. Um, we come up back north, we do the Wonderland. We've got a new trip for this year. It's a two-day stage trip the goat through the Goat Rocks Wilderness, which um, I don't know if you're familiar with that zone, but it's, we've talked a lot of PCT through hikers and many, many of them say like, oh yeah, the Goat Rocks is like my favorite part of the whole sure. PCT. Like it's, sure. a, it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's some phenomenal terrain. Um, basically in between Mount Adams and Mount Rainier along these high ridges of an, ex, you know, really ancient extinct volcano. Um, and then we do our North Cascades Traverse, which is a three day, 80 miles point to point east to west crossing of the North Cascades. 
So good. All of them are great. <laughs> so good. Yeah. And all different too. All different. But I would say, yeah, I lived in Leavenworth for a time and friends uh, would pass through doing the PCT. And uh, I would always like of the places that I would hear about, it was, it was Goat Rocks was like, it was a place that was talked about. So yeah, um, that's fantastic. Um, and then the, the, the rendezvous, um, uh, what, what makes those unique? You know, I've, I've worked a couple, I used to work for the cycling house, which, you know, we rent a house, we cook all the food, we have those, mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of communal type feel, I guess, but what's the, um, what's the, what's the rendezvous all about and where, do, where do those happen? Yeah. Rendezvous are, so what we kind of found out is like, there's some, you know, the, the, the stage, the stage trips like are really objective oriented. Like you're really going for a specific trail, you know, a specific route that you're trying to get done. The rendezvous are a way that we kind of set up a base camp. And then from that base camp, we are able, we're not doing a continuous trail or a continuous line, but over, you know, what's typically three days, it's a kind of a choose your own adventure, like in terms of distance and trails, but you know, you can do 10, 20 mile days, but you're gonna come back to a specific base camp. And in the evening, there's gonna be, rather than 12 people, they're all kind of doing this group to, you know, this, this trail together, you've got like 30 people. So like three different groups of 10 that are going out to do different trails, climb different peaks, coming back to the same zone. So it's a much more festive post evening, sort of celebratory space, you know, so more people just going to bring more energy, you know, we typically have music or some speakers or something, some value added in the evening. Um, and then there's just a lot more sort of like playing off energy of like, oh, where'd you run today? Oh, I got to check that out. And that kind of just feeds a real, a real kind of festive you know, environment. And that's, that's, yeah. so that's kind of what we're going for, for the rendezvous. So you're still getting big days, yeah. but you're kind of coming back to a base camp. And, uh, yeah. and that's the, I mean, if you're talking a ski trip or, or a, uh, even a climbing trip, if you're going into the winds or something like that, I mean, that's mm -hmm. when we take that template and we apply it to running, I, I, uh, I've thought about doing it, but I've never really done it. So, I mean, I think it's, it's brilliant, especially if you provide, it sounds like you're, you know, you're, you're equipping the people with the roots and with the, you know, you've got a good understanding of the difficulty and here's, you know, plus minus what it's going to take as far as hours and Bert and yeah. all that stuff. So it's like, people can kind of just have a heyday. And, uh, and how many days are those on average? Um, most of them are three days. Yeah. Most of them are three day affairs and, and it, there's flexibility with those. Those are, those are a great way that I get a lot of people who are kind of like, oh, I really want to go do your wonderland or your North Cascades traverse, but I don't know if I'm really up for that much, you know, of a commitment. Yeah. Um, so it's a great way for people to kind of like step into, to, you know, a less committing objective, but still get into some beautiful terrain. Um, but then, you know, it's just super fun, you know? <laughs> Yeah. And the overlap too, like for, for, I mean, you, you get, you get different ability, ability levels together and like the energy yeah. of somebody brand new, uh, people who've been doing it for a long time and they might be a little burnt out and they're looking for something different. They vibe on that new person who's just absolutely stoked on it. And then yeah. that new person is, is asking questions that are very obvious to the person who's been doing it for a long time. So there's like this great synergetic, uh, you know, effect that you, that you, again, you creating a space for that and kind of a connection yeah. to the, uh, to the place, uh, and, and the people that you're with. And um, now location wise for those rendezvous, what, where, where are you putting those on? 
So we basically, we've got a few different ones. Um, we're kind of like, so we do one out on sushi. That, I guess the sushi one is a two day trip. You know, that's, that's out. We kind of charter a boat taxi, go out to the islands. You know, we'll put 30 people out on the island for the weekend. Where's Susha? Yeah, it's north of Orcas. It's in the San Juan. So it's a really kind of small. I never even, I grew up up, I grew, I grew up like going out. My mom grew up in Bremerton. Like I should, I feel yeah. like I should know, uh, I don't know. So hold on a minute. It's on, it's a rendezvous on an island. Yeah. And it's yeah. off Orcas. I've run, I've run Orcas a couple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, you're, if you're on Constitution and you look due north, it's this kind of little C-shaped island. It's, it's much smaller than Orcas. There's no ferry service, no when public ran, ferries. So when we, I ran to the top of Constitution, I'm pretty sure I was bent over and vomiting. So I didn't see okay. anything, but if I were to look, it sounds like it's within sight of Orcas Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Far out. So you put on a like a running adventure, uh, three day rendezvous on a on an island. And the what's the topography? It's similar, or is it is it you know not it's, a lot of topsoil and kind of undulating like like. Yeah, it's kind of rolling terrain. There's no big climbs on it, but it's just fun, man. I mean, there's yeah. there's the. Uh, there's kind of the whole island is kind of this fingers, three fingers shapes and with all these different coves and fingers, so you can run out to the ends of these coves and there's tide pools and, oh, man. you know. And so you put we, people on a boat because there's no ferry service there. There's no ferry service, yeah. So, you, so everybody starts on this boat going to this island, likely they've never been before. Yeah. Then they just go explore via trail running for three days and you have a home base where you feed them and they, you know. Yeah, totally. That is awesome. <laughs> that is so awesome. Um, when is that? What time of year do you do that? We do that one in like late May, early June. That's kind of where we, that's kind of when we kick our season off with actually. So how in the, how in the heck did you come up with that idea? I mean, what, of all the places, right? Like, cause I feel like a, a less creative mind would be like, Orcus is good enough. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, Orcus is great. Orcus is great, man. That's not a knock on Orcus at all. But yeah, I mean, especially like if you're going for this idea behind like, you know, some interaction and a little bit of exploration and newness, getting on a ferry boat. Some of these, these triathlons that I do, you like, you go out in the middle of the ocean, you jump off the boat and it's a point to point swim. Anytime, okay. you're, anytime you're getting on a ferry for a human powered adventure, you should yeah. be a little nervous and excited. Right. So yeah, that, totally. that's a, that's a brilliant start to the trip. And um, yeah. wow. Okay. That's awesome. Is there roads on the island? Um, there's like one gravel road that kind of connects the two main campgrounds, but it's it's the rest of it's all trails. There's no there's no no one lives. On, I guess well I guess there's a ranger. There's a little ranger cabin, but there's no. That's Resident. it. Like there's no. It's not. It's an uninhabited island. So. It's basically um, designed for a rendezvous. I mean, basically, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, what we want to do in the future is like bring out like bands and music and really kind of blow this thing up a little bit more but you know we're kind of waiting for covid to cool off before that happens so yeah i i mean it would uh uh dobe music festival i think has greater yeah. potential to uh, uh expand or reinvent itself on the, the yeah. island okay i'm sold on that one what where else are you going for these <laughs> <Monday foods? laughs> um so we do so we do susha um so we do this other one. This one's sold out, so no spots left. But we do one in Stahican. Do you know Stahican? I do. I've uh, I've run Sahali Arm in that area, and I'm always like yep. every year. I'm like I'm gonna run down to that bakery. I'm gonna eat a donut, 
and then I'm going to stay the night and run home. But um, yeah. so yes, for folks listening, it's Lake Chelan is, uh, I don't know how you describe it uh, to, uh, as far as geographically, but basically if you dropped off the North Cascades to the east down a big drainage, you would end up at the tail end of a very long, very deep lake. And it is very rugged. It's, there's no other way to get there. Uh, how am I doing? Is that a, a good? Great. Yeah, so that's, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, you're kind of you're east of the crest, so it's a little bit drier. Um, yeah, and so Stahican is this little enclave. It was originally a mining town, and now it's you know it's kind of a guide. It's kind of a jumping. It's a kind of a section for through hikers. You know, people boat taxi their way in. Yeah. We run in over over Cascade Pass. You know, well, with you the yeah, we, we go up over Cascade Pass. People have the option to run up to Sahale. Um, so it's like a 24, you know, if you do throw in Sahale, 28, you know, 20, 30 mile day into Stahican. Okay. And then we spend, you know, what do we spend? Two days like in Stahican. Um, we, we stay at the Stahican Valley Ranch. There's cabins, there's showers. We basically take over the whole ranch, you know. Um, I think we've got like 27 people going this year, so we can divide up the groups. We stagger the start so they're not all this big mass of people. Um, so it's like runners occupying Steakin Valley Ranch. And uh, oh man, and I, I, sorry, keep going. I'm just getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. I growing up, we would load. We did a lot of boat camping. We'd like go water ski, but we'd load all our camping stuff in our boat, and we'd go uh -huh. Lake Roosevelt and and. Uh, Banks like like Lake Roosevelt and 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 Chelan towards Tahikin is where we would end up. And some okay. of the stuff that we stumbled into growing up when I was young, I mean, it's wild out there. I mean, because yeah. there's, I mean, it's it's it is it is wilderness. I mean, if you were a trail runner and you wanted to go somewhere with like this kind of subalpine separated ponderosa pine field, but very wild and rugged and on the outskirts of a true beautiful alpine environment that you ran from because Sahali Arm. I mean, that is as good as it gets. I mean, you get yeah. out of your car and you are on, uh, you're on the North Cascades. You're stepping yeah. foot on, on, you know, <laughs> the best mountain range there is on this planet. So yeah. uh, to start in an alpine, run into that, you know, kind of high desert type feel. Man, okay, I like that one too. Yeah. So on the last, then on the last day, we we do a, we shuttle the vehicles around, so you're running out a completely different route so it's so it's basically a horseshoe so you there's come out yeah there's another way out of stahican there's about four different ways in and out okay yeah okay. Maybe, oh, five there's lots of different ways in the stahican but yeah. they're all trails they're all they're all via trail so okay anyways you go out a whole different way cool um then the other one we've so we've got two more we do um so nooksack ridge lines so that's based out of, that's actually kind of right here in my backyard. So we're, we kind of, there's a camp. So the Nooksack River kind of comes out of um, the glaciers, basically coming off Mount Baker and Mount Shuxon. And so the, uh, there's a series of ridges in that drainage out of the Nooksack drainage. So the Excelsior Ridge, the Ptarmigan Ridge, and then Copper Ridge. Okay. And yep. So over the three days, you basically have there's kind of we do a short, medium, and long distance on all three of those different ridge lines, depending on where we drop people off. So we've got a base camp right alongside the river, and then from that base camp, you know, we each day we're going out to a different zones. So there's some vehicle shuttles out, and then shuttle back into the into the base camp zone. Um, it's 
it's really beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as remote, but um, you know, in terms of the the scenery, you know, you've got Baker to the south and Shucks into the north, and you know, just you know, the ridge lines are fantastic. The trails are really good. Yeah. Tell so what? How would you describe the trail running itself uh, for that one? Um, man, how would I describe that one? I guess the thing that, I don't know, it's just kind of, um, well, I mean, it's, it's this blend of like, well, ridgelines are just great. <laughs> you know, when you're up on a high ridgeline and you've got views on all sides, you know, you're like, you're just stoked. So, is that is, is that a majority of the, the running there is, is? I would say each of the three days have, you know, like 10 to 12 mile sections that are like dedicated ridgelines. Yeah, oh, that's neat. So, so, I mean, if you kind of, you, you know, over those three days, you could, you could put together 30 plus solid miles. that was all on Ridgeline. So what's not to like, yeah. Like you say, I mean, like yeah. that's and that's so it's your single track Ridgelines with just Epic volcano views in the North Cascades. So it's, it's pretty good. It's as it's, it's, it's not pretty good. It's uh, yeah. it's not bad. It's as good as it gets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, future. I'm not, I, I don't like to be too future focused and, and I don't think there's anything that you're, uh, uh, missing as far as contributing to, I would say the future of trail running, because I think coming out of this year of not racing again, I think this is something that you started, not necessarily just as a money-making vehicle, but it was an opportunity to, cr uh, create a space for people to connect with places and each other. Um, which I think is very, very forward thinking, but I think it's also timely because a lot of people are looking to do things that are non-dependent upon races. Yeah. You've got a really good complete package, which I think is just awesome. Uh, what would you add to it? I mean, if, if there were, if there were, if there were, you know, what gets you out of bed in the morning and you're like, man, I really want to X. Yeah. Well, I mean, we definitely want to, there's definitely more trails we want to add to our stage repertoire you know so there's there's really good long trails out there that we'd like to unlock in that stage style supported style um you know i think growing our skills foundation you know so um to the point where like you know people are having you know feel like they have the tools and skills and the confidence where they can really tackle more things on their own yeah. And then sort of our, our pinnacle experience that we haven't, we haven't really stepped into the zone yet, but I'm essentially calling it our high routes. So that would be sort of that culmination of all of those tools um, and fitness kind of coming together in terms of like, okay, we're going to, we're going to unlock some of these off trail ridge lines, you know, maybe, you know, you're, you're probably going to need to have snow and travel skills. You're going to need some navigational skills. You know, maybe there's some sections that we're roping up for, you know, with exposure, yeah. you know, that's not going to be, it's not going to be like technical climbing, but, you know, we're going to implement some like, you know, we're going to draw on those climbing skills that allow us to work through exposed sections yeah. that unlock, you know, stuff that just, is next level yeah you, you're talking about the north cascades and you uh, you know you're doing stuff in yosemite you're doing stuff on islands in the san juans you're doing stuff well outside of the north cascades that being said <laughs> to the tune of what we're talking about man the north, north cascades is a gold mine <laughs> yeah yeah so anyway so that's kind of the that's kind of the future you know right. so i dig it so. i dig it um man 
I, uh, I think the world of you. I am so stoked on the space you've created. <laughs> I really do. I think I, because I have, I have like people at, at like, like, you know, I, uh, by day I'm a, I'm a, I'm a physio and I'm doing some coaching. People ask me like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not super jazzed on racing right now. What kind of like people are asking what, 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 what project should I do or what, what, like, cause they want to prep for something. And I just, yeah. I think it's so rad that you've created a safe space for people to do that but it's only a semi-controlled environment, right? Like you're telling yeah. people straight up, you know, you, you should come into this with a certain level of fitness and be ready to spend a night out. So um, I think you're awesome. And I think you, what you've created is awesome. Um, that's it. Yeah. Well, I, and I think at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's kind of goes into, like, I think we're just a style, you know, I think, you know, going sort of kind of, kind of full circle you know adventure is a lot of different things you know it's like um there's a continuum and you know where we are on that continuum is like we're we operate in a sweet spot for you know a certain person at a certain time in their kind of development as an athlete and just an explorer and adventurer and if we can like create that connection and that confidence you know and then they use those experiences to kind of go and like wow now i feel more capable and confident like taking on my own adventures or like that's success, you know, um, you know, so I think we're, you know, I think what we're doing, it's a style, uh, a way of getting out, um, that is empowering, you know, that kind of balances out like the independence and the support and the safety net. And, you know, but hopefully, you know, it's like people will choose, you know, they can play with our style. They can play with more self-supported styles. They can, they can kind of play. You're not, you're not confined. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the the beautiful thing about endurance sport is, and and similar with climbing is like, I'm sure you had the same. It's all about mentors. I mean, like I, 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 all the stuff I learned was from somebody willing to take me under their wing and kind of show me the ropes. I mean, it was, um, so it's, it's pretty awesome that you're creating a space for that. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Hats off to you, my friend. Um, and I spend a lot of time staring at my computer, writing policies and applying for permits. <laughs> you know, We're you talking know, all about the glam, man. There's, well, there's... No, I mean, I, and I, tr- I tried not to focus on the permitting piece because uh, 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 truth, truth be told, um, uh, before we did the Wonderland, I was like, I was like, man, maybe I'll take, I'll take, you know, some of my athletes and we'll open it up and like, you know, do something similar to what, to what you're offering. And yeah. there really wasn't anything, anything out there. And we ran into you guys and I was like, Oh, wow. He's, he's doing it. Like, and so I, I just, uh, I, I, I stopped at the point of when I started to look into it on my own prior to even meeting you that first day, um, it was the level of permitting and logistics. I mean, for a listener, when we, when we say logistics, what I would hear is pasta and maybe a beer and some chips, but it is so much more. <laughs> I mean, it is so much more. So, uh, you know, hats off to you for the, all the thankless hours that you must spend talking to whoever it is that's pushing papers that you're like, you know, yeah, putting in that. That's, a lot of, that's kind of my off off season. <laughs> yeah, glorious. It's not. It's not all. It's not all fun and games. But no. Anyways, no. but good for you. That's, that's not as good to listen to. <laughs> that's, right. that's, the real that's all right. Important for people to hear. Hey, listen, I'm going to put in the show notes how people can uh, kind of keep up with what you're doing and where and where you guys are going. Because even if even if I were just to explore those places that you mentioned, uh, I mean, I just learned from you about some places I had no idea about. And I, I grew up in that area. So uh, thank you for this great conversation. <laughs> yeah, you bet, Andrew. Thank you. Yeah. All right, my friend. I will talk to you really, really soon.
Okay. All right. Thanks for having me on and uh, we'll be in touch. Sounds good.